it was written by Jez Butterworth and John Henry Butterworth and kind of by <laughs> David Cop. I know. There's a joke in there somewhere. There's so many jokes in there somewhere. I feel like some of them might get us canceled, but there's yes. at least one or two in there. Um, it was... <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up Ready Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons. Hit them all so you can keep up with all of our episodes. Um, lives, we're back doing lives again, so keep up Woo. with that. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Um, you can see us talking about right now the television show, uh, The uh, Secret, invasion. Secret Invasion. That's right. My mind went blank as soon as On I Disney started that. Plus. So, and then we'll be doing Ahsoka in uh, in uh, August, and ooh, there's some ooh. other things we may do some special episodes for uh, that we're not going to do weekly. But yeah, we're going to be live for a minute. So keep up with those in the bell notification. I'll help you do that. So with that, we also appreciate helping the girl grow the podcast, which you can do not only by hitting those buttons, but by telling a friend about us. Uh, go find your old godfather slash archaeologist famous old man and tell him about us uh, i think we'd be his kind of cup of tea grumpy and grumpy and really old on the inside yeah exactly or really getting really old on the outside i you know <laughs> i i notice as we do these if you're watching on youtube you can see that i'm i'm when we started i had like a couple of patches of brown beard i'm down to one like the rest you're is, welcome for stretching is for stressing yeah you so i much say it's your all your fault dude that I'm, I'm it's turning white all across the board so i'm getting there um yeah so there it is and with that that should lead you to know that we are here to talk about indiana jones and the dial of destiny it was released june 30th 2023 it was written by jez butterworth and john henry butterworth and kind of by <laughs> david cop i know there's a joke in there somewhere. There's so many jokes in there somewhere. I feel like some of them might get us canceled, but there's yes. at least one or two in there. Um, it, <laughs> it was directed by James Mangold. It stars Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Karen Allen, kind of, Antonio Banderas, John Rhys-Davies, Seanette Renee Wilson, Thomas Kretschmann, Toby Jones, <laughs> Olivier, Olivier Richter's, Boyd Holbrook and Mads Mikkelsen. An archaeologist saying the Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary artifact that can change the course of history. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast. Go pick up, go watch the movie, come back, pick up where you left off because we are going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and get the elephant in the room co covered because they did a really good job with the previews of this movie hiding. We're making it look like it was going to be better than it was. And I have a few things to talk about it with good things, bad things, but de-aging in movies has become this I new thing. hate it. It's... Yeah. So, well, I... It's rough because I think yeah. it's a good tool to use. Yeah. If you use it correctly. Yeah. And I think one of the best instances I've seen in movies or TV is when they did it in The Mandalorian with uh, Luke Skywalker. Correct. Okay, because what you get is about 
30 seconds, maybe a little bit less of where you see that it's, you know, a de-aged Mark Hamill. Yep. That's all you need. What we get here is a fucking 25-minute sequence of de-aged Harrison Ford that looks like horse shit. And it's play. Here's the difference, though, Alec, and this is where I think people get it wrong, is Her- Mark Hamill did not play the face of Mark Hamill for the de-aging mm. process. It was played by a different actor who is the age that Mark Hamill would have been or was while playing a young Luke Skywalker. They then transform that face into Mark, and he looks very similar to Mark Hamill. Like, he could play Luke Skywalker without the facial change, right? Right. That's why, because what they're doing with this de-aging, and the reason it didn't work with Will Smith, it didn't work with, and it, and, it, and the reason it worked with Tarkin and and oh, Peter Cushing. Cushing is because, again, it was a different facial model that they built Cushing's face around. Mm, Harrison okay. Ford, Will Smith, uh, even Sir Anthony Hopkins, the, when they do it with these gentlemen and ladies that are older – and they're literally taking that same face but pulling the age out of it, it does not work when they speak. Here's the other part of that to kind of to your point is I'm okay with it, and it's worked when they do a quick shot of just the face. Harrison Ford, when they pull that hood off, looks amazing. I'm like, fuck, that's Harris. That's my Indiana Jones from when I was a child. The instant he opens his mouth, it goes to fucking hell because they cannot do mouths. For some reason, realistic mouths, we saw it with Superman, you can't, they cannot do it and have it look good. I will give, this one was one of the better ones, but it was still bad. Bad enough that it's distracting. Yeah, and it was bad. I think the the length of it's what got me sure. too, is where I had more time to see the bad. Yeah. Because typically I'm not one that picks up on effects. Yeah. Without a doubt. But I was watching this and watching it just kept going and going and going and going. And I was like, oh, this is so bad. And there's even a point where, like, uh, you know, young Indy gets on top of the train. And you have the worst animation for running on a train. Oh, my God. It was (laughs) terrible. I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? I was like, oh, my gosh. I can do that. They spent all their money de-aging the man. And we're like, "Uh oh. We got no budget oh. left to make it look like a human being running on a train. <laughs> it looked like an alien. I was like, did we just go to like, like signs? And they just yeah. pulled that weird ass fucking backward need alien and put him on a train. I was, I was watching this and I was like, Oh fuck. Cause I knew, <laughs> I knew. And for me to pick up on it when I don't pick up on anything or have it play this much of a, you know, I guess, deterrent in yeah. my viewing is huge yeah because like i didn't even knock off points for the shitty cgi in the flash it's true because one i didn't notice it enough to where it made it an issue this i noticed yeah and so i knew it was bad because i was sitting there going fuck cgi is shit i'm like Matson now <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you the running on the train. I actually outweighed. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. And I don't know if it's because, like, we Oshi and I saw this in IMAX. 
So mm. it was like up there in your face. There's no way you could possibly miss this, Alec, versus yeah. seeing it on a regular, you know, theater screen. But oh my gosh. I mean, the same exact thing. Pull the hood off. There's Indiana Jones. Open him out. Yeah. What the fuck is this? And it makes it worse when you put him next to Toby Jones. Oh, I know. Who they didn't de age. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't have to, because that doesn't age. But like, it's. <laughs> But it's just the contrast where you can yeah. see that there's, you know, like he, Toby Jones age as well, but you can see that there's age in there. Sure. Right. And I think that if you would just maybe used makeup, right. We've talked about it before. Practical effects on Harrison mm-hmm. Ford. You can get the picture yeah. because that whole sequence as well is so fucking choppy yeah. that you could cut in and out and keep it to where you wouldn't know it was Harrison. It was an old man Harrison Ford doing all the stunts. It was a yeah. stunt guy. Yeah. Um, and you could do enough with makeup and prosthetics to get it, him looking younger or just a little bit younger. Because, again, you know, we're later than all the other Indiana Jones movies. They take place 36, 39. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in 45. So you can play off that a little bit. He's aged about yeah. a decade from the first film. So you can work within that with practical effects. And then it does not look as bad yeah. as this. And I even have, I'll even go one step further and say, look, this is a two and a half hour movie. It doesn't need to be two and a half hour. Cause you have a 30, yeah. almost 30 minute sequence at the beginning of this movie. And look, I understand why they did it. I get it. You have to have punching national socialists in an Indiana <laughs> Jones movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't we didn't need that entire sequence to get to the point of the dial being split in half they have one half indiana jones steals it from the national socialists and runs away right gets away he does what indiana jones does and i'm sorry but if you haven't seen the first four indiana jones three let's just i'm gonna three. right yeah if you three haven't seen the first three the first three real indiana jones movies then that's your problem. I don't need you to introduce me to the character of Indiana Jones through this yeah. shitty CGI sequence of 30 minutes. I'm looking for a five to 10 minute introduction where we get to see that really cool reveal of they pull off the, the bag and it shows Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford looking like my Indiana Jones from the 1980s and nineties. And then you can show you don't have to have the action sequence, at least not up close and personal, and it doesn't need to be 30 minutes long. In fact, you could even cut to the point where it's at the end and you show, like, start on the fucking train where he's fighting Mads Mikkelsen's character. Mads Mikkelsen gets smacked by the freaking which The fact that he survived that with no physical scarring is bullshit. Um, but you show that scene, him getting knocked off the train, Toby Jones and whatever shooting. I mean, there's a couple of things you could have cut that down to a five to 10 minute sequence, introducing the dial and moved on. And we wouldn't have nearly as much this problem because everything could have been far scenes or, you know, again, to your point, don't de-age him to what he looked like in the temple of doom. Do it to where it's 10 years later. Right. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, Jeez, like it just was too much. If only there was a template they could follow, like in the <laughs> third movie where they do that exact fucking thing after the prologue, you get Indiana Jones on a boat 
trying yeah. to recover an artifact. Yep. From a guy right in the middle of it. Yeah. And that's it works. Go figure. But that's why that's what you get when you have Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas yeah. writing a story versus the Butterworths. <laughs> <laughs> No offense to the Buttersworths, the Butterworths, but stick to making goddamn syrup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, nope, that didn't work for me. And like, look, the Butterworths have written some great movies. They wrote Ford versus Ford v. Ferrari. They wrote Black Mass, Edge of Tomorrow. But you, you're not dealing with a new property here or something that you're writing like from an actual story like Ford versus Ferrari you're you're walking into one of one of if not the most iconic characters in cinematic history like you can play the theme to Indiana Jones and everybody that's Indiana Jones like it spans generations right this isn't this is an icon and you're you're writing for that. You better figure that shit out because you you did too much with this movie. I'll just say that right out the gate. You did, Way too much. And you didn't learn the lessons from the past one, which we'll talk about. Oh my gosh! But <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, let's just jump right into that because look, I this was my biggest beef. Yeah, and I want to preface this with we're gonna shit on this movie a lot. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we're going to sh- prepare, but I want to say, and so let's separate this. Alec texted okay. me the other night or yesterday. It was, it was it yesterday or the day it before? was yesterday. And he's saying, I, yeah, it was not good things about this movie. And I had already seen it. I saw it the night before and I didn't hate it. So I'm not going to, I won't go too much more into that, but there is a part that I did hate and we're going to talk about it now, but I want to preface it with the fact that leading up to the last 40 minutes of this movie, 30 minutes of this movie. I actually enjoyed it. I felt like yes. while there was a, the beginning I could have done without it because it was too long and the CGI bothered me from the moment we see old man Jones to the point that they get on the fucking plane at the end of the movie. I loved it. I had a great time. I enjoyed it. Was it perfect? No, but it felt like Indiana Jones it felt like a pretty decently Indiana Jones story. There was some good comedy in there. There was some great banter, dialogue, some visit, some cameos from some great characters, a new character that I was like, okay, that's fun. Um, but the problem is, is it was sandwiched by these two pieces of a movie that pissed me off so bad because it was poor writing and poor decision-making that ruined to almost ruined completely everything in between for me. I I'm sure it ruined everything in between for you. Oh, it did. So what we're talking about is the ending of this movie. And look, Indiana Jones has always had some very mystical, uh, sci-fi out of this world elements to it. But until <laughs> kingdom of the crystal skull, They never slapped you in the face so heavy handed with the fucking aliens. And now with this one to Alex question is time travel any better than aliens? Because, and it's funny because this came up because Osh and I were talking about it and Osh really liked this movie when we went to go see it or she enjoyed it enough. She's like, that was, you know, that was Indiana Jones. I was like, "Mm." 
was it? And she's like, yeah, there was no aliens. And I was like, they went back 2000 fucking years to the siege of Syracuse. Yeah. Is that any better than seeing aliens? And she kind of stopped. She's like, oh, yeah, maybe not. Um, I was like, don't get me wrong. Like, Kino Crystal School was still the bottom of the barrel for me. Yeah. But this going back in time, the way that they made it work, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is stupid. Because yep. the original three, like you said, there's mystical elements, but they stay within the realm of possible reason. Correct. Right. You know, in Raiders, we're looking for the Lost Ark of the Covenant. Right. Nobody knows anything about it. Nobody knows where it is. And they work within this to give it a supernatural capacity. Yep. Right. And then we never see anything more of the Ark. Yep. Right. And then same thing in Temple of Doom. You have this cult that gets built around a semblance of reason could possibly be there or you can even explain those two things away to you know storytelling sure right when someone tells a story it gets bigger and bigger with each telling yep it's like then you go last crusade and it's like okay same thing we are operating within the realm of reason with a little bit added of this you know mystical component and then we go fucking dog trash to where (laughs) The mystical component is all that goddamn matters. Aliens and and like refrigerators sailing, saving you from a blast. Like it's just, it was so outrageous. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was stupid. It was terrible. Uh And then this was closer for me. This was closer to Crystal Skull than it was to the original three. Oh, was it? Which is for, I was just like, oh my gosh, they, they were going the right way, but they didn't go enough. Yeah to be operating within once again realm of reason with a little bit of a mystical component that gets thrown in and this mystical component is like a you know three minute sequence in most of it maybe five ten minutes at the most and it's you know at the end right it's like the the part of the climax of the movie is where we see the mystical part yeah and this was a good what 40 minutes before the end where we are mm-hmm. in mystical zone. I was like, ah, yeah. I mean, I would have rather watched the siege of Syracuse movie, to be honest. Sure. Let's do that for two and a half hours. Sure. <laughs> I just, but it was just such a, it, to me, it was such a stupid thing. Yeah. And the only difference between, or the, one of the, only differences between Kingdom of Crystal Skull and this one for me was they took out the Soviet Russians from the Crystal Skull and went back to punch a national socialist. It's fair. Um, That's fair. To where I was just like, ah, ruined, ruined, ruined. You had such great potential. And the trailer makes it seem like, oh, we're going back to Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. This is the roots. This is the Indiana Jones that everybody's grown up with and loved. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're going, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, I think that's my issue. Like, and I'll say I loved once we got past the intro and even the intro, I didn't hate. I just hate the CGI because it was unnecessary in my opinion. And the fact that it was so long, I didn't need them traversing the entire train. It, that was, if you write correctly, that could have been a 10 minute top scene and we're done. I'll stop beating that horse. Everything in the middle, like I said, I was enjoying it. Like it felt, and again, like an Indiana Jones movie, it follows the mm-hmm. the formula. 
Yeah, and don't get me Indiana wrong. Jones messes up time and time again, but somehow still ends up doing the right thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and don't get me wrong; like I can still tell that this was written not by Lawrence Kasdan and Lucas and those phenomenal writers of the '80s and '90s that actually got dialogue correct, were very good at storytelling, but it was good enough. That I was like, yes, we're back to form. And I and I like the old Indiana. I like the fact that he was hurting and he was old and he was like, this is bullshit. I'm having a hard time on this fucking My horse. Shoulders you know? shot nine times once by your dad. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> and he's bitching about it to drink the blood of Kali. Kali and it was like tortured with voodoo. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. It, but I'm with you, and I think this could have been saved by some. Because they, it was like they did. They're like, yep, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull sucked. Let's not do that again. And then they got to the end and they went, but let's do this part again. Because that was not the worst. What? That was the worst fucking part of the movie. Like, if you hadn't thrown aliens in there, I might have been able to swallow the rest of it. But no. They, they had to go. And again, they could have saved this by having, like, a couple of lines of dialogue in the movie where, cause they almost did it right. He was like, well, there's fissures in possible fissures in time. Archimedes figured out that there's, you know, through whatever there's fissures in time. Okay. That was a cool line. One more line of, but it's all theoretical. What does that mean? A fissure in time? Who knows? Even if this did exist, you don't know where you might end up. Right. And then they wait until, cause I would have loved the, like the line of Indiana Jones on the plane, like trying to fuck with, Mads Mikkelsen's character saying the earth this was 2000 years ago he figured out you don't know where the hell you're going all you had to do like put that in earlier where he's talking to Helena and he's like look this is dangerous even if it does work which is always in these thing he's always always been a skeptic Mm -hmm. it was always just these are artifacts that belong in a museum they don't have mystical properties right and they turned out to have some level of mystical property to your point within a realm of, I don't watch it and go, well, that's completely unreasonable. I go, that's just reasonable enough, right? We don't know what the Ark of the Covenant does. Okay. It melts fucking assholes faces off. If you look at it, I can believe that it's weird. Fucking it's one of those things that nobody knows enough about to be able to say, no, that wouldn't happen. Voodoo is another thing. We don't fucking know enough about actual voodoo, except for those that maybe practice voodoo. To but be able to say no, yeah. <laughs> to be able to say that he could reach fucking through your skin, or maybe he's super strong, or you know what I mean. Like, there's a level of it that I'm like, I can't unexplain it, so I'm okay leaving it unexplainable and within the realm of possibility. Even you know the in the third one, you have Holy the, Grail. The Holy Grail. We don't know. You don't know. And there's exactly so that's what they lean on is there's just enough that you don't know in this one. There's a couple of problems. You're making it 30 years later, 40 years later in a world where science is developed enough to go time travel probably isn't ever going to happen. On top of that, I you still could have kept it in the realm of believable because you're in the 1940s, 70s and you say, okay. It's been 2000 years, even if it is real, the timing's off. You don't know where you're going. You need to think this through. 
again, give Jones his ability. But it was like, once he figured it out, it was like, oh, we got to go time travel. Wait, what the fuck is happening right now? And then they lead into this part where, like you say, you get on this plane. As soon as they get on the plane and they start flying and you see this big gap in the sky. I'm even okay with that. Show me something that looks like a fissure. Okay. Fly it right up to the fucking thing. Fly by it. Jones gets out of his thing or she comes in and saves him. The kid crashes the other plane into any number of things can disrupt them flying through the fissure. You fly through. And even if you want to send like the big plane through the fissure, because they've already shown you Archimedes's uh, tomb that has the weird fucking bent propeller on the plane. And so as soon as I saw that, I'm like, God damn it. They're going to fucking fly. it. They're going to land somewhere where but have like the one crashing through and it goes through the fucking fissure and we never see it again, but we know Archimedes does. Yeah. Right. Because we've seen it on his tomb, but we don't know where you go. We just know somehow Archimedes saw that plane. That's weird. We don't know how he saw it. And then they fly off and we stay in 1970s. That's all I need. Even you can even fly by the fissure and see the battle of Syracuse happening from a distance but I don't want to see Archimedes. I don't want to have a conversation with Archimedes. I don't want Indiana Jones to wonder whether or not he should stay at the fucking siege of Syracuse. Come on. At that point, I was like, yeah, stay. Yeah, exactly. You already, you already fucked it up. Let the, let the, let old Indiana Jones live out his happy days, uh, trying to fend off the Roman empire. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because at that point you ruined it. Yeah. It was done. As soon as they landed, it like drove, flew through the fissure. And we're like, I'm like, oh no. I mean, it was instant. I was like, God damn it. They just fucked this shit up mm-hmm. and you can't recover. And then when they, when they were talking about him staying, I'm like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Indiana Jones gives up like that. Come on. This guy's fucking been through so much and he's just going to quit because of he's in ancient Syracuse like he's on Sicily and the whatever it's like no he wouldn't and then I'm like where'd they find enough runway to take that plane off again like and I thought that was thing was closing in a few minutes it was pretty fucking far away fuel yeah. there was just it just it went off the rails the instant they flew through that fucking fissure and they didn't need to to fit a typical Indiana Jones storyline I'll take it one step further. It went off the rails as soon as they got in the bomber and mm. added on that fast and furious fucking runway to take <laughs> off. That's like fair. that thing That's stretched fair. from miles, the entire length of Syracuse. That was That's how fair. far they were driving um, yeah. on that runway. That's fair. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 like, like you said, where you can maybe, I wouldn't even go with glimpse the battle. But the sure. fissure closes behind the bomber. You don't know what happened to him, but you know something did because Archimedes has the watch. Yeah. And Archimedes has, you know, this painting or this etching on his grave that has a propeller. Yeah. Because that's that's enough of an Indiana Jones story where you don't know exactly what happened or why it happened or how it happened. All you know is something did happen mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't need to have all this explaining away. 
Yeah. Um, the mystery, the mystique is what makes Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. And it makes the line that he says make sense where he's like, I don't believe in magic, but I've seen some things. Yes. Right. It, it just shores up that piece of dialogue and makes it make sense versus now it's like, well, okay, well now what? Got to believe in something yeah. um, because you now seen more than things. Yeah. So just, it didn't fit. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like Indiana Jones, the previous movies, except for Kingdom of the Fucking Crystal Skull, the first three, the good movies, you can go back and to your point, you can say he goes home and goes, I don't know what the fuck I saw. I saw some shit. Shit was weird. I can't explain it, but I don't know what it was. He can't do that now. Like, yeah, he has two movies where he goes home and he goes, I met some aliens. And I went back to fucking ancient Syracuse and watched the siege. And almost got killed by a Roman soldier. Yeah. Like he can't, there's no way he can go home and go, I don't know what the hell happened versus if that plane flies into it and we just see it disappear, it could have gone behind a cloud, right? It could have fucking yeah. fallen. It, and you can go, I had some shit happen. Our comedians had a watch. What. Yeah. Look kind of like one that some national socialist scientist had. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. I just was like, I, I hate that they were like, no, we need the, sh-. and it, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The shock and awe, dude, you do not need to shock and awe. In fact, it doesn't work in most cases, especially when you're dealing with an already established property that is iconic, that is as good as it gets in the first three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave it the fuck alone, which takes me to my next point. And this is more, this is going to, I think when we talk about this, this is going to expand beyond Indiana Jones. But Oh, yes. Because I don't think it's just this person we're going to talk about. There are other people that people just need to leave the fuck alone. But will you motherfuckers leave George, George Lucas alone? Just fucking stop it. Stop trying to write stories as good as him. Even his partner, Larry Kasdan, they brought him in to try to clean up the Star Wars, the end of the, the sequel trilogy. And again, I don't hate the sequel trilogy for the most part but I do hate, I don't like the third one very much because I got lazy on it and got scared and went back to going against, like getting away from Lucas. They got scared of it and they went back to what they thought would be Lucas, but they fucked it up. Indiana Jones is another one of these properties. The man can write stories. He can tell stories. He can connect you to characters. He can connect you to series of events. Stop trying to do what he does. And I get why they're making Indiana Jones movies. I understood why they made the kingdom of the crystal skull, but if you can't get someone that can do what Lucas and Kazdan together did leave it alone, because you're not going to do it. You're going to fuck it up, which we've seen time and time again. Absolutely. And the thing that's so, or one of the things that's so brilliant about Lucas is almost every single one of his films is a political commentary. Yeah. Of some sort. However, you don't have to view it as such. Right. You can watch his films as just enjoyable space opera or, Hmm. you know, adventure uh, archaeology. Yep. Right. You do not have to dive any deeper than that. And you can still find enjoyment if you choose to. You know, uh, it sounds cliche, but there's levels to his shit where however deep you want to go, you can find something that's there and it is not ham fisted. It is not shoved down your throat. Uh, it is there for you to look at if you want to, to dive into if you choose to, but it's there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the brilliance behind George Lucas versus they tried a little bit of political commentary in this one. And it was just straight up ham fisted, shoved down your throat, mm-hmm. which immediately made me go like, oh, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, very few people could tell a, you know, uh, anti-Vietnam war story in the 70s. George Lucas found a way to do that. Um <laughs> And it's just and but he did it in such a way that you don't feel like it's like that. Yeah. Now, if you want to dive in, you, know, you can look at all the interviews and things like that. And he'll mention like, oh, yeah, no, this is an allegory for what happened during these time frames. Yep. But, you know, some six year old kid who's watching Star Wars or Indiana Jones for the first time isn't going to see that. They're yeah. going to see an adventure story that they fall in love with at a surface level. And then if they so choose, you know, as you know, you watched Star Wars, Indiana Jones, hundreds, dozens, thousands of times. You know, I've watched them a lot as well. However deep you want to go into George Lucas's stories, you can and you can find enjoyment in no way, shape or form. Does he ever force his own kind of like views or um, what he believes to be true or things that he, you know, observed throughout history? Mm-hmm. Does he ever force it on you or push it to the forefront of his films? You have to go searching for it. Yeah. And it's just if you cannot write a story like that, don't try to. Because yeah. this got a this had a feeling of where, oh, they're trying a political commentary and oh, they're doing such a bad job of it. Yeah. Well, and to kind of go beyond that, too, like Steven Spielberg was originally going to be part of this film. He was going to direct it. But he Disney should have. And again, this is a Disney problem. Uh-huh. He should have left it the fuck alone when he said, nah, you know what? I can't do this. Like instead of passing it over. And don't get me wrong. Like the director and I can't. my James Mangold. Yeah. James. He's directed some. The guy's a great director, like kind of outrageously good when you think about what he's done because Ford V Ferrari was a huge Logan walked the line. Like he's done great movies, but this never works when you bring someone in after someone else has been making movie. Cause he came in and went, uh, and he, he recognized I can't do what Spielberg was going to do. So he backed away and he brought in his writers, the Butterworths and let them, Right. I just want to say their name. Let them rewrite and make changes, which is how I'm sure we ended up with the fucking siege of Sicily. So it's just like, oh, what are we doing? And just stop it. Just stop it. Leave George Lucas alone. Leave the man alone. Leave Larry Kazdan alone. Leave Steven Spielberg alone. Fucking knock it off. Yeah, because it's telegraphed. They telegraph all their goddamn shit. Yeah. Because as soon as Indy's talking about the Siege of Sicily or Siege yeah. of Syracuse, I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Give it away. Versus, you know, if you go back to one, two, and three, what Indy is doing at the beginning of the movie has no way, shape, or form to do with what happens at the end of the movie. Yep. Like in the first, you know, Raiders, he's talking about Neolithic architecture. Yeah. And then it comes up, go hunt for the Ark in Temple of Doom. He's in what is it like China <laughs> or yeah. Singapore or somewhere yeah. and ends up plane crashed in India. Yeah. And then last one with the Holy Grail, like he's on his own call and he gets his dad's diary. 
Like yeah. he's just teaching his course. He's yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a job plan. Yeah. And so this one is lectures about the siege of Syracuse. Yeah. But oh, okay. <laughs> well yeah. done, guys. After we've chased the time dial. Yeah, after we've chased the time dial uh, that Archimedes made. It's like, oh, way to telegraph everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that bothered me too. The fact that, because that's the one thing about Indiana Jones, he ends up on all these adventures, but he never wants to. Yeah. Like, he's not trying to. He's just doing an archaeology shit or he's teaching, but he ends up getting pulled in by someone else, which they tried to do with Helena in this, but it just didn't work because he was already neck deep in it. You know what I mean? Like he was already so deep because he was involved in the original capture of the dial and he caused his friend to go nuts by having it right. And still storing it. I'm it's a good point. I didn't think about it that far through, but like he should have been all we should have been focused on is him retiring. Yeah. He, he's retiring. And I would have taken it so far as, um, you know, uh, Mads Mikkelsen has half the dial. Yeah. He either found the other half or he got his hands on the half that, you know, they had at the beginning and he's looking for the second half. And now it becomes, we need Indiana Jones to come out of retirement, use your archaeology knowledge, your knowledge of Syracuse, Archimedes, you worked with Baz, help us find the other half because we do not want this national socialist to get it. Well, and I would have been even to take it even a step further. I love that he already has it. Make that be the twist that Indiana Jones already has the half. So we already have both halves in play. Ah. We need that fucking dial that they went down. We need the 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 map the extra piece. Yeah, the extra piece that they went into the the Roman to get or that's what. Yeah. And, and that can be the twist of. They come to Indiana to find the other half, and he's like, okay, well, I don't need to. Um, and he's all nonchalant about it, right? Because he knows where that fucking thing is, but nobody else knows that he knows. That would have been amazing. She comes or they come, and it's like, we got to keep him from getting the other half, so we need to go find it. And he's like, no, you don't need to worry about it. Well, he's already got half. You don't need to worry about it. That would have been a great twist. And then somewhere along the line, what they do is they drag him into chasing – the dial piece because he's like well that'd be interesting and i'll go with you because it and then even the way they drug him into it the fact that it's his goddaughter and he's trying to protect her now he goes and they by proxy they find that thing and what's well we got to keep him from getting the other half now we can drop the ball bomb that he's got the other half oh dude that would have been way better yeah i mean it you can follow the same formula yeah over and over again yeah. The problem is when you try and freestyle yeah. against someone who is probably one of the best storytellers that oh. we've ever seen. Um, and that goes like above and beyond movie and film, just storytelling, mm-hmm. who tells a story that has rings upon rings of complexity, mm-hmm. but all fits together as one big, long story. Yep. I mean, it's like watching a five-year-old try and you know play basketball against lebron james <laughs> you can tell the difference and it's so ham-fisted that you're like oh yeah gosh it's almost better to not even make it yeah um, yep to the point where it was just like i i was just i can't believe that someone somewhere said oh yeah this is a good idea let's do it 
no shit. Like, how does it get to the editing room and everybody's like, this is going to be great. Cause you Fuck have to, off. you like, have to think that the people who were assigned this project understand Indiana Jones. I would hope. I mean, you would hope so that they watched it. They grew up. How could someone say, Oh yeah, this is going to be it. This is it. This is what yeah. I enjoyed as a kid. Especially Ugh. after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull shit the bed so bad. Like you can't look back at that and go, that didn't work because of this. Let's do that shit again. Maybe not a whole movie of it, but let's do that shit again. Like yeah. you can't, there's no way that you can honestly say, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like this aliens didn't work. didn't work. Let's try time travel. Yeah. <laughs> and so do it so heavy handed that it's ridiculous. It was just, what the fuck are you doing? Especially when, you know, you've established in kind of the first three movies that uh, Adenoid Hinkle in real life was an avid searcher of the occult. Yeah. You can make literally something about the Lance of Longinus that they were looking for at the beginning. Yeah. That could have been a whole movie or you could take it a step further and you could go like Shroud of Turin. Yeah. There's, there's artifacts out there that you can, that cross the line in between like real and mystical because we don't know enough about what is happening Mm-hmm. That you can build it on that don't involve any of this time travel nonsense. Yeah, you get. Um, so it's like, uh, God, why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was always, and they they had the line in this one too, where he talks about this needs to be in a museum. Mm-hmm. Like that was always the other thing about Indiana Jones is he was never he never believed in the mystery. He didn't care about that shit, and he wasn't after fame and fortune. He just wanted people to be appreciative of the art architect or the artifacts of the past and like the history of the world. And they, that's not what he was doing in this one. Like it was like, he was, it started out him protecting Helena, but then it turned into like, well, I want to see what Archimedes figured out. I want to see how this works and what it does. No fuckers. That's not who he is. He doesn't give a shit about that. He would have been like, this would be great in a museum because Archimedes was awesome. And this is a cool tool. We don't know enough about how any of his shit worked and whether it actually was, they built this stuff, but here let's do it. Right. Yeah. So it just, they, they fundamentally changed the character a little bit too on me. And, but again, that's what you go back when you bring in writers that just didn't. And I think this is the dangerous part of the, the Hollywood today is we live in this remake reboot continuation sequel world right now where almost everything is, we don't really have a lot of original movies because every studio wants to make a blockbuster. But if every movie is a blockbuster, no movie is exactly. It all sucks. And eventually it's going to be shitty because you're just forcing things that don't work. Whereas the old formula was we'll make and get lucky with a blockbuster or we'll make something that could be a blockbuster. And hopefully it will be in order to finance normal movies that aren't going to break the bank at the box office. They're going to make, maybe they break even, maybe they make a little money. If we get lucky, we'll have a surprise hit on our hands like the matrix and we'll blow it out of the fucking water. But most of the time they made blockbusters that they knew would be successful in order to finance normal movies to give a chance. We don't live in that world anymore. We live in a world of it has to fucking make a billion dollars or it's not successful. And that's a bad way to make movies. That's not because you're not going to do it. And now we're so watered down with these epically huge productions that we're it's fatigued. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. Look, the superhero world, the comic book world, the video game world, 
has only added to that and made it worse. Like the success of Marvel made it worse because they've done so well with so many movies that that's the expectation, right? Most of us expected to go see a good movie. Now we expect to see an amazing movie and it's unrealistic. Then you add on the fact that you have things like this where you're taking, like you've said, two of the most, three of the most successful storytelling, movie-making, dialogue-writing trios in Lawrence Kasdan, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg, and you're trying to recreate what these three geniuses did. And all three geniuses that knew their limitations. Larry Kasdan, not a great storyteller, but a phenomenal dialogue writer. He can make you believe you're watching two people interacting or people interacting in a realistic way. George Lucas can tell some of the greatest, most nuanced, deep stories from a big picture out there. Guy can't write dialogue to save his fucking life, and he can't fucking direct a movie to save his life either for the most part. Unless he gets lucky like Star Wars. But even Star Wars, the original Star Wars, did not have great direction. It just was so different and new and had such great storytelling that it worked. And then you take Spielberg, who's one of the greatest directors on the planet. You combine those three people, and you end up with an Indiana Jones level for three movies. Then you take people, and I'm not shitting on Butterworths. They wrote great movies. I'm not shitting on Mangold. He's directed amazing movies. But you cannot catch lightning in a bottle and recreate what the people that redefined the movie industry in a lot of ways. You can't just expect people to step in and do that. But that's what the world we're living in. This is a product. And I'll give them this movie got closer than the last time they tried to do it. But it still didn't get it because they don't. There's no way for you to pick up Indiana Jones and go. I know exactly what Lucas and Kazdan and Spielberg were thinking when they created this character and how this worked. You have to fill in holes that you just don't have. And they didn't. They missed the boat in a lot of ways. It was a valiant effort. But let's not be valiant. Let's let's fucking do it. If you're going to do it, do it, right? Like, go meet with Lucas. Consult with the man. He'll meet with you. He'll consult with you. He cares about these characters. He'll talk to you. Spielberg was on. Keep him on as a producer. You know what I mean? Or at least go meet with him. Kazdan isn't, well, can't do it with meet with him anymore. (laughs) You meet with his kid. Who's just as good as he is at dial. Anyway, that's my, I kind of had a out of body experience there for a moment. Cause it drives me crazy. The world of Hollywood we live in right now. Well, also to go back to, or to piggyback off of your thing, like Lucas made three Indiana Jones movies and then he stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He stopped. He didn't have a story to tell. So he didn't tell a story. Yeah. He made three star Wars movies and then he stopped for 20 years until the technology got up to where he wanted it to be. So he could finish telling the story. Yeah. And that is a huge scene with Hollywood is they don't have the patience. I mean, and you see it primarily with great storytellers. Another one I shit on, you know, the company all the time, but Walt Disney was a phenomenal storyteller to the point where he would stop telling a story, even if it was at the height of merchandise, making money because it, the story's been told and that would be his reason for 
refusing to tell anything else and people couldn't understand you know these money making business type people couldn't understand you're making money make money and now hollywood is all about making money so they're not patient they won't stop telling a story and that's why we have ant-man and quantumania is because they won't stop telling a story when they have nothing left to tell yep or to put it on hold and come back when what they're able to do it as well another good example even though we shit on his movies quite frequently is james cameron yep same thing will wait until technology is where he wants it to be to tell his story um mm-hmm. and that's the thing is you have now a movie industry that is in no way shape or form patient yeah it's every year we got to have three big blockbuster films um you know we will, if they don't make money we will outproduce um so that it, it makes it up on the back end yep yep i'm with you it's all about money mm-hmm. they fuck it up instead of creating good shit but with that let's move on to the last topic and we can keep this one short and then we'll write on it but Fucking Harrison Ford still has it. I don't give a shit what anybody said. There's no question why this man was the most bankable actor for two, almost two decades. Like, even at 80-whatever years old he is, he is so charismatic, and I want to watch him in everything. And that's – I'm glad he's making a resurgence. Like, he's got this movie. He did the Star Wars movie, the, you know, Episode 7 or whatever. But, like, the one that – like, I and I told you about Apple TV's, like, mm-hmm. show – uh God, shrinking, the one where he's a he's a therapist. The guys come back and he's got he's going to be part of Marvel now soon and like, good for Harrison Ford. And of all the shit that went on in this movie, like he still was amazing and he was still Indiana Jones. Like I was laughing mm-hmm. so hard. Like we talked about him fucking bitching and moaning as he's climbing up that hill. And the other thing that I love about an Indiana Jones movie, it doesn't have much to do with Harrison Ford, but. I love that they kept the sound of the punch, that it sounds like someone's getting hit with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best part. Like, it sounds like you just destroyed a man when you hit him. It's great. But Harrison Ford is the shit. He's just yeah. the man. Oh, I loved it that they like kept chasing similar. Yeah. Right? To where, I mean, even though he's 85, he's still hitting somebody with a ladder in the throat and then throwing it down the ground to create a barricade. He's trying to punch out a window to get out. Like he he goes back to these instincts. Yeah. And that was, you know, I was like, okay. Like when we had that first initial uh, kind of scene in the archives. Oh, yeah I, yeah, yeah. I was starting to see the light. And then we, we had to see poor Harrison Ford run. And I was like, and then they brought it with John Reese Davies running too. And just yeah, yeah, yeah. old man shuffle. And I was like, oh, because at that point, I feel like you have to take a little bit of artistic license let sure. let him walk let him walk because that little old man shuffle run <laughs> ruined it oh, just took me right back down to like bottom line because i was like oh it looks so bad and yeah. you know it's it's not to you know poke fun at them because they're both getting on in years they're all oh. props to them for still being able to walk when i'm 42 i'm not going to be able to move no shit but I was sitting there, I was like, oh, just let him walk. Let him yeah. move in a way that makes him still look like Indiana and Sala. Yeah. Um, because this is just, ugh, it, was, it was a little cringy. And I was like, ooh, why are you doing this to these poor old men? They're tired. Yeah. 
let it let them rest let them just walk and move because you didn't need to have the extra running in there yeah well and to to give the man credit when he's 81 years old like legit 81 and he looks good like, oh he looks great like when they when he pulls his shirt i was like dude I'm fucking 42 and I look like hell. Like this dude's 81 years old, legit 81 years old, almost 82, I think. And the guy looks, in fact, he turns 80 81. He's not quite wait, 1942. We're in 2023. Yeah. It's 81. So he'll be 81 in, in on the 13th of July. No. Oh, happy birthday, Harrison Ford. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, I mean, he's 79, 80 years old making this movie. Dude, he looks fantastic. I, fuck, forty-two. I'm forty-two years old, and I can barely walk up and down my stairs without going. My knees fucking hurt. So for eighty-one, and he's riding a horse, and he's fuck. And I was laughing. There was a story where he's talking about like the one of the stuntmen or something tried to help him up on the horse, and he's like, "Fucking get away from me! I'm doing it." Because he wants. He's like, yeah. "I want it to look like it was hard." Because it is. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, kudos to that dude. He's still funny as balls. Like. Some of my favorite interviews have to like have her or with Harrison Ford because the guy's hilarious. He's just dry. He just like watching him make fun of Ryan uh, Gosling mm-hmm. during their their run for uh, what you call it Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, the Blade Runner sequel. Like, dude, I've never laughed so hard. He's like, yeah, I told him we need to get Ryan. Uh, uh, What's your last name again? (laughs) But he just, I love Harrison Ford. Like he's one of my heroes when it comes to like just being able to do it and do it well. So I'm glad he still has it. But I wanted to end on that note, giving kudos to Harrison Ford because. Oh, absolutely. Guys, the shit. Um, Cool. Should we rate this thing? Let's do it. I'm going to go first because I know you're going to probably give this a really low rating. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. I look. I was excited. The pre, like you said, the previews made this look like it was going to be Indiana Jones. And for an hour and probably 50 minutes, it was. Um, it was very good. It felt like Harrison Ford. There was even the big giant national socialist that he had to fight at some point. You know what I mean? I just, I yeah. loved everything about it. It was very nostalgic. It was fun. I had a great time. On the bookends, though, it, it was rough because it was either bad CGI and an unnecessarily long action sequence, or it was doing exactly what the previous one did wrong again without, and and not learning from that mistake of this is a problem. You shouldn't have done it this way and you could have done it better. I mean, we fucking figured out at least two ways to come close in an hour long podcast. So I, I just feel like there were mistakes made and I get why, but I wanted to enjoy it more than I did at the front and the back in the middle. Loved it. It was great to see Harrison Ford again. It was great to see Jonathan Reese Davis. It was great to see even at the very end, like I, I guess kind of they redeemed themselves to me a little bit too, because after they get back from the shenanigans of time travel, uh, we get Karen Allen and Marion and the kind of the call back to it doesn't hurt here. And yeah. it does, I was like, that's so great. I was okay with that scene. Like it felt good, but going to Sicily and the siege, it just, the season, it just was, it was, I can't even say it. It pissed me off so bad. So the beginning and end near the end were really bad. Everything else in it, I was okay with and happy with, with that said, 
I'm going to give it a three. I wanted to give it more because there's three movies at the beginning of this series of movies that are fives to me. You, no questions asked. They're fives. I'll just throw that out there. Three of the best movies I've ever watched, and I'll watch them anytime, anywhere that, so that, that, that I can. This one tried real hard, but fa- ended up failing. But it, to me, was still entertaining. I had fun. The nostalgia, nostalgia alone carried it a lot for me in the middle. So I'm going to give it a three, but that's as high as I can give it and feel good about myself. So there you go. My turn. Your turn. All right. So like I've already said enough about the beginning and the end and JJ just, you know, echo chamber. Same exact thing. Stupid. <laughs> for me, the middle followed the Indiana Jones formula. But it also threw in every single part of Indiana Jones that they could think of. Right. So you have new short round who meets Helena the same way short round meets uh, Indy Mm. and new short round is not as good as old short round. Then you have a big guy that Indy punches and he just stares at him. (laughs) Not as good as boxing, uh, you know, German in uh, Raiders, not as good as giant Kali disciple in um, Temple of Doom, but still okay. You know, he's got the nice little buzz cut, looks like a professional wrestler. (laughs) So you have like these tropes that are all part of Indiana Jones, but they don't fit in where they put them. Yeah. And it it just, once again, it goes back to like a bunch of amateurs trying to recreate something that happened without asking the guy who did it. It's like trying to go, you know, repaint, repaint the Mona Lisa, but not mm. talking to the Vinci about how he did it. Um, and so it's, it just feels wrong, even though they followed the formula. And there was moments where I was like, okay, that's Indiana Jones, like the chase scene on the horse and the motorcycle and crossing through people mm-hmm. and finding a creative way to get out of trouble and then, you know, getting the head start on the bad guys, but somehow the bad guys still find you and they're there when you, you know, find the, do the treasure hunting for them, which means that if you just left it alone, you probably would have been OK. Yeah. Um, so there's these Indiana tropes that are like, OK, that's Indiana Jones. Like, that's what I know. But then they would throw in extra little bit here. And it got to the point where I was even upset about the bridge. Mm. Right. Because you have this bridge in the cave of Dionysus where. Um, it breaks because you have a short round and big old national socialists who fall in, yeah. but the bridge is fine when they come back yeah. 15 minutes later when they come back. Yeah, yeah, I, and I was like, Oh, so it was, it was just at that point, I was so upset that I was looking for stuff. To nitpick. Sure. Um, because it was like, you took, like you said, one of the greatest film characters of all time. And you have the original actor. You can do stuff with him. He knows the character. And you, you turned out this. Um, and it was even to the point where there was far more violence mm-hmm. in this one than you see in previous Indiana Jones movies. You can blame that on the times or whatever. But most of the or a lot of the violence that happens in the original three is done like kind of off screen. It's true. Where you don't ever see it. You see a couple you know, people get shot here or there, but it doesn't happen a whole lot where it's right up in your face. Yeah. So I was like, mm, there was stuff like that where they didn't capture the original spirit. Um, I'm going to give this a one and a half. Oof. I can guarantee I will never be watching this again. 
Um, It was just uh, it was a great idea that went terribly, terribly wrong. Um, And at that point, someone should have come in halfway through and be like, "Mm, no, no, we're not doing this. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't disagree. How about that? I can't disagree. There we go. I, and I will say this to your point. I didn't say whether I won't watch this again. I, there's no point for me to watch this again. It doesn't add any value to the first three, which again, I can say that I'll watch anytime Any as many times as all as you can want to watch it. I'll never say no because they're just that good. Um, yeah. So I, I am with you. Hey, another one that bothered me since you talked about it in the cave was, there was methane in the cave and then all of a oh, sudden yeah. there wasn't methane in the cave. Like I was like, he's like, don't breathe it in. And they're all hacking and coughing. And I'm like, dude, enough methane inhalation. And you just went down to technically where the methane should have been coming from further into it. Like they would have passed out and died. Like great puzzle Archimedes. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. I'm like, Jesus, whatever. Yeah. So it got a little willy nilly and a little weird there at the end. Probably even more than I gave it credit for. So, but yeah, Indiana Jones. It's a good time. We talked a lot about this one, but we I did. I kind of went off a couple of times on Hollywood itself. So there's that. There's that. And but Hollywood deserves it. Sure. It'll make it'll make a nice uh, sentence in your blurb, I'm sure. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, if they're not listening to us right at the moment, where else can they find us, my friend? Oh, I'll happily point them the direction. Uh, so thank you for joining us for our review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Throughout the franchise, we have seen Indiana travel to the Amazon, Egypt, India, and even the ruins of an ancient Mayan civilization. It was refreshing to have a little change of pace and have Indiana travel back in time to watch history unfold. Such a stupid plot move. This has been probably the most uh, JJ and I have varied on a movie. Uh, So let us know where your verdict lies in the comments below. If you're more on my side or more on JJ's. Uh, If you had some fun listening or watching or even cracked the smallest of smiles as we made fun of Hollywood and everything it stands for and want to look for more content, we can be found wherever you get your podcast currently, although we will probably be switching only to YouTube, as JJ said earlier. Um, We are also on Patreon. Shout out to Billy Mitchell's Joystick, our current patron and favorite listener. We appreciate you and your brand of wild, crazy fun. Patreon is where all the action is guys so if you're interested in playing a more prominent role in voting on content or even requesting your favorite movies patreon is where you can join in the back end of what's our verdict content creation we really appreciate the support with that and i will kick it back to jj the sultan of swap the king of crash that's right thanks out speaking of patreon i literally just posted for our current patron to tell us what quarter three movie we're requesting because that is one of his uh one of his, one perks. of his perks is he gets to pick a quarter one movie every quarter that makes us watch whatever it is and he's picked some doozies uh and some great too, ones like yeah, yeah we've had some fun and we've had some tears not so much fun and <laughs> some <laughs> movies i can't unsee and yeah. then movies that i wish i'd known about a long time ago so uh yeah we've done that so everybody should do that and go check it out because you can make us watch movies. We love that shit. So we won't say no to anything. It's true. Not on I, the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, 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 let me. I, yes, we will. But not <laughs> movies, movies. I'm not watching porn and talking about it without. Oh, Sorry, yeah. No. I'm just not doing it. So, <laughs> but the closest we got to that was Pink Flamingos. So <laughs> from if it Pink, has an IMDb. <laughs> exactly. Don't say that. 
Some porn have IMDb. What um, is with? I know. Um, yeah, like blatant sexual content. I'm out, and I like sex, but it's not. I'm not doing. I don't want to talk. It's got to be a movie. Yeah. No matter how weird and ridiculous it is, it's got to be a movie. That's it. Can't be. Yeah, one of those. So there it is. Um, with that, we appreciate you tuning in. We will catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out. Porn has IMDb credits. <laughs> yes, it does. Ooh, yes, it does. <laughs>